This is episode number 18 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool. They sponsor Hashtag Abuse Talk and they deliver trauma-informed programmes. I'm going to be speaking to Sue Penner in this episode about um, how we can be more observant as neighbours, volunteers, community members to help those that are in abusive relationships during the coronavirus outbreak. Before we dive into that one, I want to also thank my Patreons, Katrina Hay and Susan Rahima. They are on my Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. Basically, they get exclusive content. They find out what's happening with hashtag abuse talk before anyone else. Hopefully, as it grows, there'll be voting powers there for people. And actually, if you want to join, there's a special offer at the moment. So if you subscribe, you can get some hashtag abuse talk merch for free. That's a fridge magnet and a pin badge for joining so head on over to patreon.com forward slash jen l gilmore we're going into the interview with sue penner in just a few seconds i just wanted to say that this was a one-off a random conversation that we had just to give it some context just as we were catching up over zoom um after we had the lockdown so we we just had this conversation and we were discussing different aspects and this just all fell into place naturally now if you stay tuned after that interview i'm going to be discussing about my personal feelings towards lockdown and going further and also the plans moving forward with this podcast so keep tuned and here's that 15 minute segment with sue penner Okay, thank you. Um, I'm Sue Penner. I'm the um, Chief Creative Officer at Rockpool, um, which is a bit of a funny title. Um, basically, I, uh, Rockpool is a training agency around domestic and sexual violence and trauma, um, and my background's in adult mental health, and I write the programmes and the training. So that's me, Jennifer, thank you. And obviously fantastic, and I'm sure everybody already knows my feelings on Rockpool and what is it? <laughs> Sue has done for me so thank you and honoured to have you here really and we were talking yesterday um, about obviously the recent stats about the current situation with the coronavirus and the sort of pressure cooker situation that couples will be in and normal couple like I don't want to say normal but usual couples at the moment and um, those that are in an abusive relationship and we were just looking at the statistics and obviously Refuge have said that their calls have gone up by 25%. Um, over the last two weeks, West Midlands police have arrested 400 domestic abuse suspects. And we were talking about really, what can we do? 
weren't we? Maybe his neighbours. Yeah. And what what we were talking about really was that it's really, really important at the moment that everybody gets involved in this, that with limited access for a lot of women to support lines because they are mm. going to be more isolated and being they're going to be being monitored more closely if they're at home with their perpetrator then actually it's about all of us taking some responsibility for this and trying to think about how we could maybe just give a couple of pointers won't we Jennifer about what mm. what might indicate that there was not necessarily but might indicate that there is controlling and coercive behavior going in in the house and we know um, from Evan Stark work where there's where there's control and coercion there's increased risk of serious harm in that family so that was sort of where our conversation led us yeah and I mean we, it was quite a good conversation really because we were analyzing you know what what could we see maybe as a neighbor we were talking about um, our healthy relationships so uh, the relations that were were birthing right now I was trying to talk about what I experienced in an abusive relationship and try and put myself in back into that situation and how would things be different what would things be looking like right now and I suppose we were sort of pulling it apart really because we obviously felt that it was important to sort of look at analyze the relationships and work out what could we look for um, as neighbours, as maybe passing, you know, people, those in the community that we are still able to see and hear. So um, I think we, it was a really in-depth discussion towards the end, and it really got me thinking. And I went away continuing to think about it. I don't know if you felt like that, Sue, but um, one one of the things for me was, well, what were my arguments like in that relationship? And what are my arguments with my husband <laughs> like now? Because it's natural that we will be having arguments right now in this situation, won't it? Because let's face it, it's unusual. It's I, yeah. I mean, I think I think that um, I think even the most even the healthiest of relationships are going to be uh, stretched at this point in time. Um, and one of the things we were talking about. I, think I was saying to you, Jennifer, I'm really lucky. I don't have any small children at home. Mm. I live somewhere where it's really easy to walk out my house and be walking beside the beach. Um, so, so we've got lots of outlets. Um, but, but it's still, and even though we are used to working at home together, there are certain coping strategies for dealing with our stress that have been removed from us. So, mm. um, my part, my husband's coping strategy is he like he likes to play tennis, competitive tennis, and exercise. Um, and go to the gym and both those things are not an option at the moment so he's having to find alternative ways of dealing with this sort of energy and his you know his, his, his sort of pent-up energy but you know most families it, it, suddenly the pressure is hugely on to be you know school teacher and cook and do all the things that we wouldn't normally do so I would expect there to be increased tensions within families and that might result in people shouting at each other a bit, you know kids screaming yeah, and we and that was that was why it was important to have that conversation in terms of what would the difference between the normal tension, the normal arguments that we're that we're bound to have, and an argument or a situation that an abusive you know um, situation is happening in a household. So we were trying to you know we sort of passed ideas, didn't we? And 
talked about gave different examples and I, I was saying that in with my husband now if we have an argument we sort of separate in the house for maybe half an hour come back say sorry in front of the kids if it's, we've had a, an argument in front of the kids to show that forgiveness mm. and we get on as usual um, mm. obviously I think Sue you were saying it maybe a bit longer than half an hour <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure that we managed to resolve things in half an hour. But what? But also, what came out of that conversation was I, I live in a terraced house, so I have neighbours on each side of me, and was thinking about what I hear now that maybe mm. I wouldn't have heard before. So uh, they're not there at the moment, but I know that when one of my neighbours has their grandchildren to stay, there's I hear children running up and down the stairs, which mm-hmm. is fine. But but so if I was living next door to a family at the moment and they were at home with the children, I would be expecting to hear noise that I didn't normally hear because the kids were at school all day. On the other side of me, I've got some professional rugby players and they can certainly make a lot of noise, but I think they're <laughs> fine. I, I don't quite sure what they're doing in there, but I think they're fine. So I think out of our conversation, what, what struck me was that actually, if you live next door to a family mm. and you don't hear anything, if you don't hear a change now that the kids are off school, and everybody's in the house that would concern me because you'd expect there to be you know some raised raised voices in terms of people shouting from one room to another or kids running up and down the stairs mm-hmm. you live next door to a family and they're shut indoors and not in their garden and you're not hearing them that would make me a bit nervous about what was going on in that family mm. and and also the the sort of type of arguments that you would have so obviously we've spoken about our arguments with our our own husbands and you know what that might look like um it being quite equal you were saying which was very interesting you know trying to dissect an argument and what you're hearing through those walls yeah. um and i think you were talking about how it obviously in an abusive relationship there's not going to be that equality within an argument no i i mean what 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 you know what happens in the arguments that that in a in a healthy relationship is that um although of course you know with all the best will in the world you try to avoid raising your voice um personally speaking that happens not my husband and i can be quite loud um but there's a there's an equality in the in the pitch of it as it goes up it goes up both of us Mm. um i think what what you would be mindful of in a family where there's abuse or violence is that you're only going to hear one voice shouting Mm. because the children and the non-abusive person are silenced and frightened Mm. so if you if you just hear one person again it could be an indicator that someone's being controlled or hurt in that family Mm. and it's almost like we also talked about the responsibility how the responsibility may be on the female to ring up a support line um but actually this you know having these observations and us making those observations as neighbors that gives us a bit of that responsibility and yeah. and care for those people you know people that are maybe in that situation and yeah. maybe if we're aware of these things that could potentially you know as flags you know that could help that person out of that yeah. situation um hopefully um so we obviously spoke about um the arguments being one-sided unnaturally quiet and I also think that that quietness after an argument so obviously we talked about Mm. healthy relationships you come back together and normal level of noise probably resumes but if you've got that unnatural quiet after an 
at that one-sided argument for maybe even days depending um I obviously mentioned that when I was um, in that relationship there were times where we would have that argument and we would go I'd get weeks of silent treatment and I'd have to and you would be able to tell perhaps as a neighbor that things are unusually different yeah Um, and I I think the I think also the most obvious thing is is that if you know is that you may see someone in the garden doing something with an injury and mm. you, you need to not be a bystander if you see that you need to I mean, one thing you can do is just ask are you okay um which gives that person an opportunity to say of course they might be too frightened to say but i think we have a, a responsibility to report those those things that we can't just if it's harmless and it's you know hasn't been caused by somebody else and that will be fine but I know that the police want us to contact them because they're relying we're we're providing the intelligence the intel really Mm. the community is the the people that are providing the intel at the moment to save lives yeah and um yeah so yeah seeing injuries um and we also sort of covered not being able to see that person so on one hand seeing somebody maybe in distress or having a physical injury and then on the other side them not actually coming out of the house at all because we're not in a situation where we're not allowed out the house completely you know we are allowed to go into the back garden or to the shop so have you seen that person um come out of the house um so i think that's maybe another you know thing to look at so i guess to summarize we've got four points there yeah um one have have things changed um have things you know heightened um number two are the arguments one-sided number three a thing is unnaturally quiet Mm. and number four what can you see injuries or do you see that person at all I think it was really interesting to sort of have that conversation and dissect things and I'm sure there'll be other things that we haven't picked up on that other people will be able to you know just take that time to observe and maybe witness and see um so if anybody did have anything please do you know let us know we could add it onto an article a post or I think that would be really interesting because I think that there's there's potentially out there a whole community of volunteers that are now going into people's houses to support them. And it would be really helpful maybe for those volunteers to know what they should be looking for. And again, I, I was talking to, you know, to somebody the other week who was saying that, you know, even though there was clearly, they were clearly in distress in the house and shouting and there was the sound of furniture being upturned, nobody either side of that person called the police. If you hear that, if you clearly hear sounds of a fight, please, you know, dial 999. And also, if you're listening and perhaps you're in that situation, you can call 999 and then press 55, you know, if you're not able to say anything. So I think that's important. Um, There's other national, you know, domestic abuse hotline out there. There's services across the UK that are still operating in different ways. Um, but you know urge to look on google just search for the local area or get in touch with somebody um you know it's don't live in fear um it's not a nice situation to be in at all you know we it's it's just so difficult isn't it and 
for neighbours and friends and family to have that observing and to do maybe the right thing um, to help support that person that would make a difference and I guess what I just want to say if there is anybody out there listening that's in that situation um, whatever you're doing at the moment to survive it is fine whatever compromise you're making however much you're doing what your perpetrator wants to keep you and your children safe that's fine you mustn't be in a position where you are thinking that you should make changes in the home or make things different if you can't do it it's Mm. fine and when this is over um if you can't get out now when this is over there are services there that you'll be able to access yes definitely so important um for all of that it's difficult a difficult time for everyone for services and for those that are living in those situations so thank you sue for having that conversation with me (laughs) you're welcome um, if anybody wanted to find out more about Rockpool and what you do with your training programmes, where would they go? Uh, just go to our website, which is uh, www.rockpool.life. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And um, Abuse Talk is running, so you can join in hashtag Abuse Talk every Wednesday, 8 till 9pm GMT. Um, we have people all over the world joining in, so you might have to check your time zone. Um, but it's such important. It's so important to continue the discussion to continue raising awareness especially at this time and to have those channels open so whether you even if you just talk to one of us um on twitter sue's on twitter i am uh, it's making that first point of call isn't it yeah. so yeah thank you jennifer thank you for asking you. you're always a delight and a privilege to do some work <laughs> with you so thank you no thank you <laughs> So it was really great to have that discussion with Sue and I hope you find it useful. It'd be great to hear if you had any thoughts or comments. You can on the podcast actually reply if you're on Anchor FM with a voice note. So please do get involved and give your opinion. This is about a discussion on domestic abuse and we want everyone to join in, whether that be on Twitter, on the forum or through this podcast. Now, um, you may have noticed this is a bit different to our usual podcast episodes. Usually we have an interview with somebody and that lasts for 30 to 45 minutes and what we were doing we were bringing out a new episode every fortnight but we were covering some of the older episodes that weren't yet on the podcast and mixing it through so we had one fortnight one of the older episodes and then the next fortnight a live broadcast on youtube with a brand new episode and it going on to the podcast now because of all that material and because it's finished we are changing it a bit So we do have the monthly live, but the second one will not be the YouTube live, but it will be just on the podcast. So it'll be exclusive to this podcast and we will be having more of a conversation. So I plan to have a conversation with my husband about how he supported me coming out of an abusive relationship, um, speaking to other survivors and getting that really true and raw feelings and emotions, hopefully to help raise awareness. So we're going to have the um, usual interviews and then we're going to have this more close to home feeling on the podcast so hopefully you will um, enjoy it it's a bit of a change um, but it's still important to look at both professionals and those with lived experiences now talking about lived experiences 
I shared my thoughts on my blog um, just the other week about my feelings on the current situation with the lockdown and the unsettling familiarity of social distancing. So you can you can head to um, jennifergilmore.com and read that blog post. Um, I've been quite honest in my feelings and really it was about how, how do I feel um, having to abide by the government rules, of course, in the UK and adhere to them when I was once controlled and in that abusive relationship and told what I can't do. And so for me, social distancing has been quite a challenge. I'm not saying that um, I have now dealt with it and I'm okay. I'm still working on it because this is new day in and day out as we go through this process. I am loving the fact that we can use Zoom um, and speak to people face to face and have those continuation of meetings but it is not the same as that human interaction that you get every day and that you um oh it's I'm sure you'll understand it's a completely different way of socializing for me it doesn't feel as real and in this blog post, I spoke about the natural way in which my brain works. So on the recovery toolkit course that I attended, which is the program that Sue Penner actually developed with Rockpool, they taught me about negative automatic thinking. And for me, that that's completely natural in this situation. So I've spoken honestly and openly about my recovery and that it is a work in progress. It will always be a work in progress to the point where I diminish all triggers. But this situation right now, it's a brand new trigger for many. And I wanted to raise awareness through this blog post just about people who have been in that abusive relationship kind of come out of the other end and are actually being triggered by this situation, you know, through that um, being governed about what we can and cannot do right now and the social distancing. But I share really what it's manifested in me. Um, I share about my personal experiences, the way he would lock me away from the world and that's emotionally and physically. I talk about um, how I got used to staying at home, hadn't visited my home which is um, Hull for two years, I couldn't see friends, I went out when I was allowed and I abided by the rules that I was set so I was isolated and that is why it's familiar because there are rules to follow but also because it comes with that depth there's a, there's more to it than that just that small list that I've given and I'm sure I'm not the only one in fact I know because people have responded to me and said that they resonate with the words that I've spoken it's really important to consider as somebody who's gone through an abusive relationship um our mental health at the moment to do with this because that situation for me felt like an invisible prison and some in some way we could see it the same way in this current situation but it's working hard and to find something to help us in this time 
Obviously, it may help you looking on the internet, having those conversations. Obviously, hashtag abuse talk is there. And um, there is a little mini series that I actually created, which is called Life After Abuse. It's available on my YouTube channel or on my Instagram, IGTV. You could just search Jennifer Gilmore and it should come up or check out the description on this. But I cover... Um, isolation, I cover support, recovery and healthy relationships and I think now more than ever we need to work on ourselves and try to figure out how to deal with this. The problem being that everybody is telling everybody how we should be dealing with it. You know, I'm not, we're not here, I, I don't think it's helpful that we get all these different angles and so it's important that we find our own way of dealing with this. I also want to mention um, I never really um, put this out there on on the podcast and it's always tagged right at the end of the episode but my debut novel is called Isolation Junction but it because the whole point of it was that I was isolated And I had the slogan, um, let's block the road to isolation junction. Let's stop that from happening. Um, It's such an important book right now. It could help so many people. And it's available on Kindle Unlimited for free. So if you do know anybody that might be helped by it, it's um, a work of fiction. You can read it as um, a form of entertainment, but by the end of it, be educated on emotional abuse, maybe the signs and symptoms, and have a better understanding of what it's really like to be in that kind of relationship. So do have a look at the mini series. Do have a look at Isolation Junction. And do chat and talk, um, join in with hashtag abuse talk. You never know, it may help. Um, It certainly helped me and that's why it started. Now, I did say, um, covering all that, so we're talking about coronavirus. We've been speaking about how we can be observant as neighbours, community members and volunteers and we've been speaking about our own, you know, thoughts, looking after ourselves. What else can we cover? Let us know what you think. Um, this this whole thing, the podcast and everything to do with hashtag abuse talk is set up for raising awareness. So do get in touch and let me know. I'm happily guided. I often ask people for subjects, themes, suggestions, very open to that. And definitely the more subjects people avoid, I'm up for talking about those as well. Right, so (laughs) with all of that being said, I hope it's been informative. I have witted on a bit. It is a bit different. This is um, a, a bit off plan, to be honest. But I am looking forward to the sort of next chapter with the podcast and what's yet to come to let you all in on something I'm very excited about. I'm just currently working on the hashtag abuse talk website, taking it away from Jennifer Gilmore and giving it its own identity. It's going to be a hub that can help people and it's certainly needed right now. So keep your eyes peeled on my social media. Keep your eyes peeled on the website, the you know potentially new one. Everything will be updated in due course. So yes, thank you so much for listening and... Um, I hope you're keeping safe and keeping well. 
The next episode of the Abuse Talk podcast will be streamed live on YouTube on the 6th of May. I'm talking to Zoe Parsons about narcissistic abuse. And we've actually had split it into two parts because there were so many questions for Zoe and we covered so much ground. If you can't tune in to the live broadcast on YouTube on the 6th of May, it will be available on this podcast, how you're listening right now on Spotify, um, on Apple or Anchor FM on the 7th of May. So keep an eye out for that. You've been listening to Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. You can find them on my website, jennifergilmore.com, or head to Amazon. Mm-hmm.